Okay, okay. Welcome to the R.A. The Rugged Man, Ignorant Long Island Guys podcast. We're live from Los Angeles, Crenshaw. I don't have many friends, so I usually use the camera guys to be my co-host. So this is Craig. He was a, a nerdy camera guy that worked on an MTV show for I, me. So I, I still said, am a nerdy camera guy. Yeah, so I said, uh, come come be my co-host, because usually I have Mickey Shoshenovich, the real, uh, you know him, the shitty Long Island idiot yeah, guy yeah. that does my co-hosting. But he's not here today, so I put this nerd here, and we're all having fun. I apologize. Today's guest is... Uh, one of my favorite people online, uh, you know, he's a filmmaker and a screenwriter, but the thing I like about my next guest is he, he studies film and loves film and he geeks out about film and he's opinionated on film where like most people, they go, you know, like they sound like it's a basic film school class. Oh yeah, I like Paul Anderson's Magnolia and they, all the most boring shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Max is a true lover of film and geeks out and he, he's a historian. And uh, that's why I like him. And I like him because he's opinionated. He says what the fuck he feels. And that's what I like about him. So, you know, you're not doing anything interesting. So no, I really I really should get out of here. We'll get you yeah. the fuck out of here and bring my my guest of the day, Mr. Max Landis. So let me welcome Hollywood's most notorious, egomaniac, pretentious, obnoxious, untitled, sexist, privileged by nepotism, filmmaker Max Landis. Hey! <laughs> Thank you. Everybody, please calm down. I'm untitled. I'm untitled. Entitled. Entitled. Isn't that what they call people? Entitled. Like entitled. Like privileged type of thing. I was or? hoping. I was hoping you were going for untalented. Oh yeah. And you said untitled. Oh, I didn't even say it right. See, he's already work, fucking correcting me. That's how obnoxious he is. Come on, my shit. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh lord, what I get myself into <laughs> here? I'm not Mickey. No, those are all words from. You know, uh, articles. <laughs> those are all words from articles and people online who who seem to have something against this man. But the the, the reason I know about Max Landis was I'm a film nerd, and I saw this. I watched uh, trailers from Hell, and it's like Joe Dante and all these guys, Mick Garris, you know, John Landis, your pops, all of that shit, talking about movies. And I'm like, oh, what movie are they talking about today? And then he popped up and he, he brought up my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies in history called Possession, starring Isabella Janey. And he broke it down. So I was like, yo, who the fuck is Max Landis? So then I Googled him and I started uh, looking at his, his trailers from hell and I started tweeting to him. And I said, yo, you're like the greatest dude ever when it comes <laughs> to film. So uh, now we're friends. You know, Rich, you're, you're actually kind of a more in-depth texture textual cinephile than I do. You have like a real wealth of knowledge about movies, whereas I sort of, I know what I like and I know everything about the things I like, but I got like black spots yeah. in my in my in my movie knowledge that are occasionally very embarrassing. I got a lot of black spots like the new shit. Like I'm that old, bitter, hate fucking Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and Star <laughs> I hate every fucking thing. Like I'm that old man. And then you're like the thin man. I'm like, yo, you're the man. You like the thin man? Thin man. <laughs> like if you like old shit, I'm like, yo, you're kinda cool. If you like like, yo, I am online seeing the new Star Wars, I'm like, fuck you. You're a pussy. You know, like, you know, I'm that guy, you know? <laughs> no, it's very real. I saw you faving my tweets about uh singing in the rain the other night. Oh yeah. I, love singing. I went out to that. I forgot how fucking good it is. It's great. Great. There's so many little details. There was something I never noticed before 
when they're doing the good morning number. Yeah. Where you know how they go, like, nothing would be finer than to be in Carolina. You know, they go back and forth across her. Well, you know those two guys, like, they set up in the movie that they knew each other from vaudeville, like, from way back in the day. Like, they grew up together. They were on, like, the circuit together. They performed together. That's what those bits are. And if you look at Debbie Reynolds, when they first do it, she does an in-character reaction, like, what the fuck are they doing? She does it three times, and then on the third time, she, like, gets with it. It's just such a small character touch about those two guys that they sneak into a musical number. Wow, like, wow. it's just, you never see shit like that in musical numbers anymore. It's like, okay, now we're doing dancing. So so here's the thing with you. This, and I'm always defending, like, I'm so defensive of him because I see people attacking him, like, at all hours of this negative shit that, like, I'm like, yeah. that's not even real. That's not even the person. So I'll be writing him on Facebook at, like, 3 in the morning, like, listen, it's, you know, <laughs> and he, he must be like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, no, you're said, so it's, sweet. <laughs> you're, you're also, it's, it's funny because it's you. Yeah. Like, yeah. once you hear one of your songs, you would never think that you were a guy with more than one side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because your songs are so aggressive. You're yeah, like, yeah. It's like, when you talk about rap right now, what you hear on the radio, I know you have a whole thing about the, like, pussification the softness of rap. Yeah. But like when you hear you, it like really sets it apart because you sound like you're gonna come kill somebody. <laughs> you sound like you just went to church and now you're coming to shoot <laughs> shoot up a dude's house. Like it's like it's it's so much harder than what you're used to. So you have a real compassion. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Well here's the thing too. Max is, is a film fan and loves film. And what happens in society is a lot of people you're supposed to have the same opinion. You're supposed to kind of, you know, go with what people say. And what gets Max in trouble is he criticizes certain films. But if you look at Max's history, he compliments way more movies and compliments new movies. And there's never no hate. It's like if he he goes to see a new movie, all you rave and ranting about how great this fucking new movie is. But then one little... You know, uh, the recent one, Arrival. Oh, Arrival. You said oh some bad God. shit about Arrival. I didn't even say that bad a shit about Arrival. Arrival's fine. I like almost <laughs> like Arrival. I said, no, I mean, you want me to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Because I saw the Vanity Fair article. What the that fuck? Fucking prop- that, that crazy, insane, oh. ridiculous, misleading hack no job idea. of reporting. You know, it's, it's, it's... <sighs> It's, you know, it's fake news. It's yeah. it's sort of the idea that people build a narrative that's satisfying. Yeah. And anytime someone has a strong opinion on something, anytime, anytime, any, any no matter subject, what it anything is, it is, it's yeah. going to piss someone off. Yeah. Like, the, there are certain things that it's safe to love. Yeah. Arrival is a thing that was safe to love because everyone loved Arrival and no one's going online being like, Arrival sucks. And that means, okay, like, there's this, there's this old saying that when you live with privilege... Equality feels like oppression. Yeah, yeah. So, like, people had been living in a bubble where people had only been saying great things about Arrival. I say, like, the smallest thing that I'm like, I didn't really, I thought the emotional arcs weren't really earned. And I get a fucking Vanity Fair article. Turning you into Brock Turner. Turning, <laughs> you yeah, basically man, like fucking, this white, privileged rapist. <laughs> I, I didn't say Not that far, but I, they was there. They was I like, didn't say that. They were very mad. And it was weird because I'm like talking about how Arrival's like a beautiful movie. And they're like, yeah. he hated it because it had a female protagonist. Yeah, yeah. It was like, and, and then what, what are you talking they, about? Yeah, then what they like to do to discredit opinions, then they, they, I seen the article, it was so cheap. It was like, well, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. his last four films didn't get this really great rating like we're used yeah, to. No. And it's like, so he's not allowed to be opinionated because Rotten Tomatoes didn't like a fucking movie he made. And then the other thing they did, is that he didn't like Arrival, but 
look at this amazing review he gave Tyler Perry's Halloween Boo movie. Like, yeah, oh, I, so he's not allowed to like I'm a ride. not allowed to like Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I like, liked Boo. It yeah, made me laugh. Yeah. I went in as a, I went to see it as a joke. And so and I was like, this will just be funny. I'll just go see Boo, because why the fuck not? I went and I saw Bye Bye Man on Saturday. Yeah. Like I was like, I'll just go see it. And like it was funny. Yeah. I laughed a bunch of times. But that they I tried to discredit. You're not allowed to have an opinion on Arrival because whoa, positive review yeah. on Boo. Oh God. I don't, mean that's, that's that's But you know, like that's just the edges of it, dude. Like there's okay, so can I give you can I give you like I always hate talking about haters, but I will tell you about something recent, which but they're is real. Crazy. They're real. So <laughs> I never really talked about this publicly much, but this crazy thing happens where people hate me so much that they'll tweet me shit about the Twilight Zone accident. Well, that was something I wanted to ask you about. Okay, yeah, so they'll yeah. tweet me. They'll tweet me that shit. I get it. I saw them for, comments before. For, yeah, I get like the, the grossest, most horrible. The comments. most horrible shit. A lot of them Ever. have racist stuff against Asian people in them. I didn't even see those. Yeah, right. like like, and they, it's clearly trolling. Yeah, yeah. But what's interesting is they do it so much. That I finally addressed it, and I was like, hey, this incident happened before I was born. Yeah. Like, people died. It traumatized my dad. Like, this horrible stuff happened to these families. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't make jokes about it to antagonize me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're, you are, in that situation, you are inarguably being a psycho. You yeah, are being a fucking exactly. weirdo. Yeah. And people took my response of saying that to be like, Look at him making this about himself. Oh, and it was like, oh my God. I, you know, I'm not allowed to go online and be and like individually go to every single oh. one of these people's houses yeah. and like sit them down yeah. and be like, I hate you. Suck my dick. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't get angry about it. You but, just have to keep but rolling. Honestly, Max, in, in a, not in a way, it is about you as well. Because when, when you have people coming at you, say, oh, your father's a murderer. He's yeah. a killer. He's yeah. a son of a bitch. He killed innocent. And you're like... Yo, my father was making a film. It was the worst thing that happened to my family. Then it is about you. Well, forget, so, so it forget, is about forget you. my family. Think of the fucking families involved in the accident. But all, all involved. Every, yeah, I'm thinking you're, you're you're born two years, three years after this happened. And oh, how how old were you when you heard about it? You heard about it. Oh, I I heard about it. You're a kid, a little kid. I was like nine. Yeah. And 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 it had been mostly kept from me because it's this horrible thing. And then me and my dad were at a movie theater. And this guy walking by us yells helicopter crash oh. at my dad. And my dad was like shaken up for the rest of the day. With his children. He's walking with his children. He's walking with his nine-year-old son. But it was interesting because it did give me perspective on the sort of person who would do that. Yeah. Who would weaponize the deaths of these people yeah. um, to yell at a, a family. Because, you know, there's this... Can I tell you like the honest truth of this whole thing? Of course. People get so mad online about me, and I hate even talking about it now because there are less of them now than there have ever been, but they're still there. And I can't imagine living in a world where I'm angry enough at someone I don't know who writes movies yeah, yeah. To, that, that I don't have to see or writes TV that I don't have to watch or comics I don't have to buy that I want to go online and post like essay long things about them. Like I always think like how sad and how angry would you have to be like like to be that cuz I don't do shit to anyone. Yeah. I'm not mean. I I just I exist out in LA writing my fucking Superman comics, doing my fucking life. Yeah. You know, I don't antagonize anyone. 
you know, I, 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 I just exist. So it puts me in this weird headspace where I try to relate to them yeah. and be like, what would make you that angry? Yeah, the yeah. sound of my voice makes you so angry. How do you get, how do you allow yourself to get that angry? Because in my life, I've been so angry. Yeah, yeah. I got kicked out of high school. My life did not go the way I wanted it to for a long time. But I never, I never looked at a celebrity or a writer or anything and went like, fuck you. I, I would just looked at people in my life and I was like, fuck you. Yeah, I hated yeah. my boss. Yeah, yeah. I hated my boss at the complex store. I hated my boss at the grocery market. I hated my boss at McDonald's. I hated my boss everywhere I worked. Yeah, just not strangers that just because you see them on TV. Yeah. And I still am not interested in writing an essay about how much I hate Cheryl. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like, she sucks. Yeah. But you know what? Fuck her. She's not part of my life anymore. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's so weird to me. I like, I can't even wrap my head around the level of anger you would need uh, they say it, such horrible, terrible things about people's families. Yeah, but forget, what was interesting is that even when I do fuck up, like I really fucked up recently. I fucked up huge. Which recently. one was that? Uh, Carrie Fisher. Oh, oh, you, you tweeted a, early, right? Had a stroke in front of my friends on a plane. Yeah. And my my friend called me, and he was like really shaken up, and he was like, Carrie Fisher just died in front of us, and he was like so horrified. And I was like, oh, my God. So I thought it had already been reported. Wow. I, like, didn't. I just totally. It was like, holy shit. I was, like, such a dumbass move. Yeah. And I was, like, kind of weirdly shaken up because my parents knew Carrie. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And I just sort of tweeted, RIP Carrie Fisher. And I was like, oh. And then they're like, it hasn't been confirmed oh, yet. And I was like, yeah. fuck. And it was, like, an obvious mistake on my part. Yeah. But I was still defensive for a minute. Because now people were treating me like, you should die. Wow. And so it flipped it from me wanting to be like, whoops, to me being like, no, fuck you. Like, yeah, yeah, and I so shouldn't I got die because I made a mistake. If, if it but, makes you feel any better, yeah. I killed Joe Frazier. You did? On Twitter. I tweeted, rest oh, in peace, Jesus. Joe Frazier. And Q-Tip retweeted me and everybody's, oh, Joe Frazier's dead. Rest in peace, rest in peace. And everyone's like, he's not dead. I'm like, oh, it's a mistake, it's a mistake. I didn't let anyone know it came from me, but it did. And he died like a day later. I was Jesus like, oh, Christ. fuck. So you killed Carrie Fisher, I killed Joe Frazier. Oh, don't <laughs> say I <laughs> no, killed Carrie Fisher. No, we can't make jokes, but. It's, it's fun. It's rest in peace, Joe Frazier. Rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Rest in Fisher. peace, Carrie Fisher. And Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. And Debbie Reynolds, two days yeah. later. Yeah, and the tall man, Angus Scrim from, from Phantasm. Angus Scrim died? <laughs> like a year ago, but it didn't get much press. You know? Yeah, and David Bowie. And Buffy from the Fat Boys, that was like 15 years ago. <laughs> John F. Kennedy? <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. No, I, uh, all great men. Uh, but no, and I felt bad about it. But what was weird is that the reaction to me tweeting like R.I.P. Carrie Fisher was equal in scale to me saying I didn't like Arrival. Yeah. And it was like, these are not this. One of them is me expressing opinion. One of them is me fucking up. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just felt so bad. I felt bad about that for your, like- Your worst controversy- I still feel bad about your it. Your worst controversy was the manipulative bullshit. I can't say words like that, but the bullshit when uh, you said Mary Sue. Yeah, the Mary Sue thing. And, and Star Wars. We don't even got to go into it because you probably told that story a million times. Oh, but, God. But Star Wars, the, you know, he, he called the character of Mary Sue. He said she's human. She's a human um, This band. is the controversy- podcast i'm into it oh okay, let's, let's rock with okay. it let's rock with it. i just didn't know if you were tired of that because it was a while but yeah yeah star wars he called the character mary sue which, i also write movies and tv shows which yeah. have been renewed for more seasons which is cool yeah yeah uh, but uh, but also i talk shit online yeah that was just weird the mary sue thing was weird because i almost didn't say anything criticizing that film because i think people were so excited and then when i did 
it felt like it like touched some sort of button. Yeah, well, that's what happens. And it, it, but it was like I just started a war yeah. between groups of people. And what was weird is it was men and women on both sides, but it came down to people. It just came down to how much do you like The Force Awakens? Yeah. Which is not, I got no real problem with The Force Awakens, but it's not, it's, it's not an actual argument about sexism or sexist terms. It was just people were like, yeah, that character is too powerful. And the people who love The Force Awakens were like, no, that's sex, and use that to argue. They wouldn't argue what actually happened But that's new school argument, turning it into sexism or this or that. They just, you know, let's shut down an argument by using something. Well, it goes like... But you, but you weren't to, even saying, I can do a better job. No, you of course you, not. You weren't even being egotistical. You were giving your review. You said, look, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker was a pussy. He whined, he cried, he got beat up, and then he, he grew his strength, and Han Solo fucked up the whole movie. Your issue was like... You have a character that's like a video game that never fucks up the whole movie, yeah. and and what's exciting about that? That so, so that's like a, a legitimate criticism. There's nothing well, to do never, with. I never say I could do better. Yeah. As a screenwriter, saying you could do better is like the most psychotic, delusional, fucking egomaniacal, blind, solipsistic, stupid fucking thing you could say. Because as a screenwriter, you have very little fucking control over a movie. Yeah. So like for a screenwriter to go online, for anyone to go online, because movies are mosaics made up of pieces of work by like literally thousands of people for anyone to go online and i've seen other filmmakers do this and go like oh i could have done better that's nonsense yeah they yeah. might as well be on the corner in in fucking west hollywood just like screaming at cars holding a cardboard sign saying like give me your life there's it's ridiculous for anyone to claim they could do better than anyone else that, that's what's good about being a rapper because we could say that like i'll fucking destroy you i'll <laughs> obliterate your song your face i'll fuck you up rapping is good we could do that we're allowed to do that well, you guys come straight <laughs> you guys come straight out of e at each other and that's like a big part of the game yeah yeah it's talking it's about how you're the best well let me tell you in my era it was a competition thing where the idea was like who will go on the stage who will be the best that was the competition now it's kind of more like we're all just making music and yeah i like what i like and i'm like fuck that i'm better than you because i'm old <laughs> you know like the old people like i'm better than you but you know the new kids like i'm just feeling it i'm just doing what i feel and i'm like fuck that you got to be great you for know? those of you so. listen for those of you listening to this on the podcast he's doing like i'm on molly hands <laughs> like, like, i'm just feeling what i feel yeah, can yeah, i ask yeah. you a question what's that can i ask you a question that's haunted me about rap for years yeah sure okay so these guys go in the studio and they rap about their dicks and how good at sex they are. <laughs> yeah. And how they're the best at sex and they have the biggest dicks. <laughs> but in the studio, they're just rapping that to a bunch of other guys, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. A and yeah. then another guy comes on the song and he also raps about how great his dick is. <laughs> like, if anyone talked to me about their sex life... The way Lil Wayne has talked to me about his sex life, I would not hang out with him. I would be so uncomfortable. Like, I just feel like chills all over my body. Like, it, what is the vibe when... When yeah, that but, goes but if down. you come to the RA sessions, well, now I'm trying to raise a family and all that, but in, in the 90s and 2000s, there was naked pussy all over the studio. Like, you can't, oh, pussy in the booth, blowjob over there. Like, we was really, so that it wasn't just it, guys. That, we that we really it. had it. Like, I, I'd have to pay for beats. I'd, hey, take these girls I have from Long Island, and they'll take care of you for the next hour and a half, and then give me Jesus, a free beat. Jesus, what a like, life. <laughs> you know, that was, that was our life, you know. So we'd be in the booth, like, pussy, pussy, and they'd be like, oh, turn the mic off, pussy, pussy. We were, oh, God. <laughs> But I, I was, I was, uh, you know, that's why I got in a lot of trouble, you know. So, so I, you I got was, in uh, trouble. 
Yeah. I don't know enough about your biography. Oh, well, well lawsuits, uh, sexual harassment charges, uh, blackballed bands. Oh, God, uh, what um, podcast am I on? All kind, all kind of shit, yeah, yeah. What have you gotten me into No, but here? now, you know, it's 20 years later. And, you have and a kid. I got, I got a boy on the way, too, now. What? A son, yeah. You're doubling yeah. down? You know what's funny? My, I told you, you know, the first time, time I met you, I was like, I got a brother, Max, and he died. And you're like, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea how to react. <laughs> yeah, but I, w- I wouldn't mind naming my son Max because my brother was called Max. And my uncle, who was this weird guy that, like, he had a, a box. And he said, no one goes in my crate. No one goes in my crate. And my aunt opened his crate, and he flipped out and disappeared. And no one knows what's in the crate. And he, it's 60 years ago. No one ever found him. So, Wait, still? So Yeah, he's gone. He disappeared at 17 years old after they opened his crate or whatever. But that was our Uncle Max that I never met because he disappeared. In wait, my... wait, a guy who had a secret crate yeah. full of things that made <laughs> him know... disappear forever? <laughs> he, he, you, he, your parents <laughs> named... My my father named it after his uncle Max. It's kind of a joke to the he wasn't speaking to the family. He's like, "Hey, Max is a good name," so we named my brother Max. But then he had Agent Orange and and couldn't walk or talk or see, and he died at ten. So I was trying to name my son Max, but my my uh, baby's mother she don't like the name. So what was, what are you gonna name him? I want to call the son Legend, but she hates that name too. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a she, badass name. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Ah, oh, what would what would people call him? Lee. Yeah, well, that's my sister's name, Lily. Yeah, so so Lee would be dope. Legend and Lee. Yeah, yeah you call, I would, you're making me like the name even fucking more. You call him Lee, and then when he writes his name, he gets to write my name is Legend. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. wait, wait. So, so wait, when he tells people who are you, he says I am Legend. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. Oh my god! But she's German and very strict, and like she wants a proper name. And my father's was Staff Sergeant John A. Thorburn. She wants to name my my my. My uh, son, John Andrew, which I would love to name a son after my father, but it's just such a straightforward name. I just want a little excitement. such a close relationship with Oh, my dad was my, my, my everything. He was a whole family. We all idolized him. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's funny? The, the thing about Max being labeled sexist, misogynist, all of this shit, the, the funniest part after of that- After this podcast. The, no, but I'm the <laughs> asshole. You're the good guy. So <laughs> Yeah, what about- No, no so, so the thing that's crazy is- He's like the most liberal, yeah. gay rights, women's rights, <laughs> feminist rights, like like Hillary loving, Donald Trump stomping, uh, you know, he's just, he's that guy. Like, yeah, like, but you, you know, know those people hate me too, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. I don't okay, understand yeah. that. That's what I don't understand. Like, I understand how they hate me, but like you are everything they love, but- no, both sides just fucking hate me. Can I tell you? Can, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's wild. It's, it's one of the weirdest, it's because I- it's because I don't my opi- my extreme opinions aren't generalized. Uh I I believe in almost I believe that things are not mutually exclusive to each other. And whenever you express something like that, something complicated, it becomes really hard to find a narrative for people to follow. Yeah. Like for instance, one of the things that pisses me off more than anything else, and I don't know where you stand politically on it, but I hate when people use I hate when people talk about racism against white people yeah. as like a real serious problem in America. So whenever like, uh, you know, a black kid gets killed by a cop or it's pointed out that voter laws are super discriminatory, they're like, well, what about white people? What about my cousin who's poor? What about me? Yeah, I'm yeah, poor. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that's hard for me about that is that they're not semantically wrong. Yeah, yeah. Sa- talking... But, making videos but it's just taken away from the other issue, and that's the only reason they're it It's taken away from the other issue. That's the only reason they're talking about it. It's the only reason they're talking about it. So it's weird because white privilege 
is a racist term. Yeah. It generalizes the idea of having privilege to literally every white every person, person, even the crackheads. But it's also a real thing. Yeah, yeah. So you need to like grow out of your like baby fucking shoes and go like, okay, this is what that term is referring to yeah. without getting so fucking triggered because they, uh, that's like my biggest thing is both sides just get both so sides triggered. Both sides are so triggered. They get both so sides. triggered. The, the, the white like, supremacists are the whiniest, babiest the whiniest fucks on the planet. The and then the lefties that like, don't say that, you're hurting this feeling and you're hurting that and don't say that. It's like, yo, both of you shut the fuck up it's and let people, people fucking exist. It's the same people. Let people talk. It's the same type of person. They just grow up in different environments where you're so angry and so scared because the world isn't turning out the way you wanted it to. Yeah. And what's funny is there are like steps removed. I have this fucking thing. I have this chip on my shoulder. Always. I have this chip on my shoulder where I grew up around a lot, a lot of rich kids, uh, especially kids who are like considered very cool, even though they've never done anything. Yeah. <laughs> and they got a lot of tattoos. They got expensive leather jacket. They look really sexy and they're, you know, fucking drinking out there till like 5 a.m. And all of them show these like hallmarks of privilege where they, they, a lot of in LA, when I was in Miami and hanging with rich kids, it was a lot more Republicans. But in LA, it's like a lot of these kids who have these like ghosty liberal politics yeah. where they're like, yeah, 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 Obama, all this shit. But like, if there's a black guy walking they're down the street They're too scared to walk down the street with them. Yeah, or, no, they won't, like, or they won't go nowhere near the hood. They're like, we like blacks, but I won't go near them. Yeah, fucking, I hate that it's, shit. It's all, it's like this like Northern California mindset of like, everything's cool as long as we don't have to see it. Yeah. I don't know. It like, it all gets to me, dude. I like, I, I like that this podcast, we are just talking about like the <laughs> Oh, we're going to geek out about movies. All the movies. darkest shit. We're going to geek out about movies and we're going to talk about who the fuck you are and what you're doing too. But was, you know, I, I think it's flowing nicely. Let's keep yeah, it right. I'm having fun, yeah. Actually, I met Max, and when I met him, he was one of the funniest people I met. And I said, you know, I I, I always have to write my own jokes. All my music videos, I got to write my own fucking jokes. I need a fucking brain like yours. I didn't realize he was selling like $2 million scripts. I just thought he was like a cool, funny guy. And then so I said, you know, come fuck with me. I need your brain. And uh, I thought I'd get him to direct the video, but then he went and directed Ariara Grande video, which... <laughs> Got hundreds of millions of views. I'm in Japan. This shit's playing on my fucking plane. Like I said, okay, he made the right decision. I guess I'll rate a rugged man video, Ariel Grande. So, well, you know, so. It's, it's all just time. I didn't get my feelings hurt, I promise you. Can I tell you something? <laughs> it's all just time for me because I would be happy to do that. I love making stuff. Yeah. But the more the more hungry I get, the less time I have. Yeah, of course. The yeah. more, and so like my, my time gets so monopolized by all my bullshit. Like I'm starting tomorrow on season two of Dirk in the room. Yeah. I'm like starting straight into it. We got to write what that is, you know, tell them what that is. Not, not a you know long Dirk, one. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency is a TV show that I created based off uh, the books by Douglas Adams. Um, it's basically, <laughs> it's impossible to explain, but a lot of people watched it and a lot of people like it. So I got lucky and they're letting, they're letting me bring it back. It's basically a, a dark, funny, really crazy show about a really weird guy who says he's a holistic detective, meaning he solves crimes via the interconnectedness of all things, meaning if he just sort of walks around eventually, uh, he will find yeah. his way to the answer. Wow. And, and you, you sold a, a big budget script to a Bradley Cooper sci-fi? Yeah, we just, we like just closed on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Deeper, Deeper is about uh, a guy named Eddie Breen, and the less you know about him, the better till the movie's out, but it's about a... Uh, a guy in his 40s who has a, like a difficult relationship with his son. He's gone through some setbacks in his career. 
And in order to sort of get back on the horse, he's decided to get in a uh, high-pressure pod yeah. like James Cameron went down on. You know those like little pod down to the bottom of the ocean? An abyss or something? Yeah, like the abyss. Oh, James yeah. Cameron actually did it, though. Oh, I didn't know he did that. No, he yeah. actually did it. Yeah. In, in the history books, deepest guy ever alive is James Cameron. How fucked is that? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's if crazy. you got the money, you know. Yeah. Uh, but so that's his version of a Lamborghini. But so this guy gets in a pod and starts to head down to the bottom of a trench in the ocean. And things go steadily wrong. Things. And I don't really want to say anything yeah, about say it. don't say too much. Right? It, but yeah, we're shooting it uh, end of this year. That's amazing. That's it's, great. It's all this like But you know what? All this Bradley Cooper shit. I heard that you wrote a fucking remake to Larry Cohen's The Stuff. Yeah, I did. That's the shit. I wrote it when I wrote it when I was the stuff is the shit. I wrote yeah, it when the stuff's I, the greatest movie of all time. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> the stuff has one of my favorite jokes ever in it. Which one? When he's on the boat with all the super rich oh, people. Oh, sweaty palms, sweaty palms, sweaty, sweaty palms, sweaty palms, sweaty palms. And then he goes, "You're not as dumb as you look." And yeah. he goes, "No one is as dumb as I look." And it's like, M oh Moriarty shit! is a fucking genius. He's so good, he's the best. He paints best. it. He paints that character so completely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and then just that fucking the the ad and the stuff. Yeah. Where where you, there's that it feels like a real you can't ad. Can't get enough of this stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, the greatest it's like, ever. It's, it's ever. I, it's, I, but yeah, I uh, what what's it? Chocolate Charlie. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Who I, the fuck are you gonna get to play Chocolate Chip Charlie? Oh Jesus! You well, know all these great roles in history. You can't top Chocolate <laughs> Chip Charlie. He man. has such a sad fate, <laughs> Chocolate Chip Charlie. Yeah, that's the greatest scene it's ever. So unfair. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't figure out. Do you know you're the stuff? <laughs> or, or is it? It's like the John Carpenter's The Thing, yeah. where it's like, do you know you're a thing? Kind of. Yeah. yeah you're not yeah. fully aware that you're the thing. Like yeah. when they're all tied to the bench in The Thing, Palmer like seems surprised that he's the thing. Do you know the moment oh, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, oh, that. yeah, 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 yeah. And like, and when in the stuff, like I could never figure out, like, is the stuff evil, or <laughs> is like, is it making you do stuff, or are you doing stuff? Because you know you're infected. Because you know stuff. you're infected, and it's I like I think it's evil. It's evil. It like, it's like takes a body you over. Snatches when it pours of... out of him, it's yeah. so fucking. Yeah. I, I was like, so yo, this guy's. Uh, it's like if I can't love Max Landis enough, he rewrote a fucking the stuff like the greatest yeah, movie. That, that'll never get made. I wrote yeah. that. That was during. <laughs> that'll never get made. That was during an era of my writing when I was still learning, like uh, sixteen to like twenty-one, where I would I would see a movie and I'd go, oh, this is a cool version of that movie. And I wasn't writing for readers. Yeah. No one would read my shit. Yeah, yeah. And that was during the period where I wrote like 40 scripts in like four years. Uh, uh. And so like if more, more than 40, Jesus. Uh, because I was just like, it was my hobby. It was like the main thing I'd do. I'd hang out with my girlfriend. I'd go to work. I'd smoke weed. I'd go online and annoy people on something awful forums. And I'd write scripts. And I just would do that again and again and again. I get drunk. I go to the fucking the only underage bar in fucking Fort Lauderdale area was the only under 21 was this gay bar that was like really fun. And like, <laughs> it was, it was really fun. Well, that's one of the things about you that a lot of people say, they, they go, is he straight? Is he gay? Is he oh, straight? I'm straight is he gay? And, I'm and pathetically so always, straight, He's always dude. with girls, but then I saw like a birthday party. You were like kissing all your male friends and friend, girlfriends and, and everybody. So I was like- You talk about he just, controversial parties. That yeah. party ended crazy. So I was man. like, I think he's straight, but nobody fucking knows. I'm a straight, just, I'm and a then straight, you had dude. the rain, rainbow haircut and stuff. Can so. I tell you a true story? Yeah. When I was, rainbows have always been my favorite, and I used to have a rainbow shirt that I loved. <laughs> and and I've, I've, I've always loved them. I don't know why. Something about them like speaks to me. And when I was like 11 or 12, like South Park had like just started to become a thing. 
uh, I was at school and this kid saw me in a rainbow shirt and he was like, what are you, gay? <laughs> and I'd known gay people since I was little. I grew up yeah. in LA, so I was like, what does that mean? And I was like, rainbow, what, what do you mean? He was like, rainbow's a symbol for gay. And I went, oh, those, in my head I was like, those fucking smart gay people? <laughs> Nobody doesn't like rainbows. That's like making your symbol kittens. Yeah. Like I was, and so like, I just, I've just embraced the rainbow. And like, I, I, I you know, I, I've marched in a bunch of pride parades. Literally, I support gay rights, but also I just want to be around a lot of rainbows. <laughs> Look good. I, uh, there, actually, there was a period in the 80s. I love Cronenberg, period. Yeah, just yeah, genius. Yeah, yeah. But there was a period in the 80s where they were taking really simple old ideas for movies that were like not very making good. them complex and making yeah. them complex yeah. like the fly the blob the thing like yeah. the blob is what it is but it's yeah, good yeah. it's yeah, the dark effects were incredible it's fucking remake. dark yeah. too yeah, yeah, yeah. like they they fucking drew barrymore the lead of that movie they screamed the lead of that movie gets digested alive yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. yeah i love the fly i think gina davis in the fly is amazing i think jeff goldblum is like at his absolute best and the arc of the movie it's so romantic yeah, it's, it's a like a romantic story. movie. Love story ever, yeah. But when you look back at the other fly, the original fly, there's nothing there. Yeah. The, the original, the thing, it was like a big dude. It yeah, it was, was a like big a, dude in a suit. Yeah, yeah and uh, like the idea. Oh, the effects were unbelievable. In the and movie, also just yeah. the idea that it's one of these guys and trying to the game of the movie, the thing. Yeah. Trying to game that movie. It's also interesting because that's a movie. You don't see many movies that have no women in them. Yeah. That movie has not a woman on screen. And it's just these dudes, and it feels like you're almost like on a ship lost in a storm yeah. with these sailors, mm -hmm. and the world is just crushing in on them. And something about the lack of there being any women there makes it feel even more claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah exactly. And even less, like, exactly. safe. Exactly. I love the thing. Speaking of what you're speaking on now, did you see the bullshit article that they wrote about Lawrence of Arabia? What about it? Because it won all these awards, and it's it's one of the greatest movies ever made, period. But it won all these awards. They say, see, in the 60s, there's not one female character or line of dialogue from a female in the entire film and it won 11 awards so it's sexist it's a sexist film because it's like yo Lawrence of Arabia was based on a character that might have been homosexual might not have yeah. been and and in fact David Lean when he, when he made it Hollywood wanted him to add a fucking love story into it and and David Lean made some of the greatest horror, uh, um, love stories ever and 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 made his women look amazing and, and it, his women characters were always great but um this big article came out that Lawrence of Arabia is sexist because there's no women in it. Is that real? It's a real what's, article. What's weird, what's weird about movies, and like you brought up The Thin Man, and like Nick and Nora Charles are a perfect example of this, is there's always been movies that treated, like since day one, since like City Lights, there have been movies that treated women better and movies that treated women worse. And most of the movies... Or I should say, movies that treated women like real people and movies that treated women like, quote unquote, women, female characters. And what's weird is as you look at history passing, most of the movies we remember, other than like Lawrence of Arabia, which you're right, is a story about a guy who's probably gay. Yeah, yeah. Like, in, in real life, they didn't know. Yeah, and like, it's it's weird because like, most of the movies we remember well are movies with good female characters, are movies that have more detail. And that's because all characters are, they're not fucking real people. They're a collection of interesting details and a performance. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's how you draw a character. It's a costume, which is very important. It's a, a performance and a collection of interesting details. 
That's why people don't fucking know anything about who the fuck Queen Amidala is. Yeah. Is there's no details. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. zero detail. But people know all about Nick and Nora Charles. They know about fucking Nora Charles. She's a fucking heiress who fucking married a dirty dude. And now she's like, she doesn't want to give up his life of like solving crime. So now she's in there doing it. That's why movies yeah. like His Girl Friday like are yeah. immortal. Yeah, 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 or even yeah. like fucking like uh, Hail, the, Hail the Conquering Hero has like moments with like good shit with women. Well, which but, film? Which film? Hail the Conquering Hero. I don't know the film. You haven't seen Hail no, the no, Conquering no, no, Hero? No, no. Who the film? fuck made Miracle of Morgan's Creek? Who's the screenwriter? Oh, oh, his oh. Name oh just fell out of my Sturgis. head. Preston yeah, Sturges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hail the Conquering Hero. I don't even want to tell you. Okay, yeah, let's uh, I, I, it's, it's a Preston Sturges film? Yeah, it's a oh, Preston okay, Sturges okay. film. Uh, it's real good. You should fact check me on that, though. I, I don't I, know if the internet. I think I am right, though. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. I watched it and Miracle Morgan Creek back to back. Miracle Morgan Creek, maybe not as feminist. <laughs> maybe yeah. the, premise, the premise of that movie, maybe not as fair, but funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk just random subjects. Sure. Joseph Fiennes playing Michael Jackson. Is that the guy's name, Joseph Fiennes? Joe, Fi Joe, Joe Fiennes. Fiennes. Yeah. Did you see the picture yet? Yeah. W w what are your thoughts? I don't know. <laughs> I just, it just looks crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Why would they have a white guy play Michael Jackson? Yeah. It looks like a, a skit, like a Saturday Night yeah, Live skit. Like, like if joke. you could get away with doing white face. For his white face on a white guy as a black guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Okay, so, so uh, how you say her name? Zoe Saldana? Zoe Saldana. Did, did you see her uh, clips of her playing Nia, Nina Simone in a dark face? Yeah, I saw it. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, you know, I know, I know Zoe. Um, I honestly, I go back to that Ghost in the Shell thing. Oh yeah, with, with the Scarlet thing. Well, said. where they're Hollywood just they're just finance. they're so excited to get a movie made about yeah. Nina Simone. Mm -hmm. I think they make some choices. And are those choices, are they right? Are they wrong? I'm not going to attack them on it because I see the system too well. Yeah. I don't think it's a perfect choice. Yeah. Uh, but they wouldn't have financed it without a without I mean, a Zoe's name, a big that's, name. That's the problem. And she got the yeah. movie made. Yeah. yeah. And, like, they wanted it to be, like, a prestigious thing. So they got an A-list celebrity. I, I, don't, I don't relate to the logic that would go into making that choice. Yeah. Because I wouldn't necessarily make that choice, but I don't fully condemn it either. Earliest movie memory. Was it on a movie set or was it just something that popped on no, a TV set? Weirdly, or? my earliest movie memory in a movie theater or on TV? Just period where you're like, you know, movies. Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Oh, oh, great. Ray Harryhausen. Uh, yeah, Ray Harryhausen. Uh, stop motion. motion. Yeah, yeah. I have a memory of asking my dad... Uh, who controlled the Cyclops <laughs> when I was very little because the Cyclops came out of the cave. This is one of my earliest memories. And my dad was like, what? And I was like, who controls the Cyclops? Well, because it's like 30 feet tall. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Hi, that must be like, that's not. Okay, so there's no, in my head I already knew there's like no real Cyclops in the world. Yeah, yeah. But like clearly they have a puppet or something that's that big. And my dad was like so delighted and excited. And he was like, no, that Cyclops is only this big. Wow. And I was like, no, it isn't. And, <laughs> and he went. That's a great memory. Keep and going. he went yeah. like this. How big is my hand when I hold it like this? Uh, and I was like, big. And he was like, yeah. Uh, and he took it. And he went, how big is my hand when I hold it like this? Uh, and he, I was like, small. He was like, now doesn't one of my hands look way bigger than the other hand? I was like, yeah. He was like, so they take the Cyclops and they put it in. And I was like. <laughs> holy shit and then he was trying to explain stop motion to me and I was just like 
this is the coolest thing I've ever heard. I want to make movies. Talking about your father, did you do you remember? The, do you remember this? Show me your nuts. What is that? You don't remember? Oh, show Kentucky me. Fried Movie. Oh, show me your yeah. nuts. <laughs> they said, show okay. me your nuts. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, I said, I'm not going to ask him about his pop, but I'm going to do the show me your nuts thing. Show you know? me your nuts. And he does, he does the big crazy. And, and I saw your cameo in The Stupids. Oh, God. You watched The Stupids? <laughs> I actually, you know. It's a good kids film. I didn't hate like, it. I thought I, for that kids. particular film, I thought, got worse reviewed than it should have. I thought, I thought it was. It was a tight little little silly movie. Well, they, I didn't think it was terrible. They advertised it as like an adult comedy, but it was yeah, it's for like yeah. little kids. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, but the I, I like the majority of Father's films. The only one I didn't like was Oscar. That I you remember. didn't like Oscar. I didn't, I didn't like it. Uh, I, maybe because I was too young, and, and I'm like, it's not funny enough. It's kind of like different. Uh, maybe I should watch it. It feels an adult. old. Yeah, it, feels it felt old when it came timey. out. Even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, feels yeah. old timey, and that's sort of intentional. I feel like people forget about Oscar. My favorite yeah. of my dad's movies is Into the Night. Oh, I love Into the Night. I love Michelle it. Pfeiffer love in that it. movie. Is she's so great, man. Such a cool character, yeah. and also the most beautiful woman in the world. ever to exist. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was so in love with her when I was little. When she was Catwoman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, my heart started beating. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is one of the most beautiful women ever. ever yeah, in her prime. Yeah, she's so cool looking. So, so and I, she's such a good actress. That's the best thing. She's like so like. I like her sister Didi Pfeiffer was hot too. She Who's wasn't as good of an actress, but she was in. There was an '80s movie with Grace Jones called Vamp, and her like shoulder strap kept going off her shoulder. That was her thing, and I'm like, she's so fucking hot. I was like 11. I was like masturbating to her. Like, wow, Didi Pfeiffer. Here I am on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Here I am on this podcast. No, I always think. I always think like there's sort of two performances that are almost like related, which is Sharon Stone in Casino. And Michelle Pfeiffer in Scarface. Scarface yeah, yeah. They're like almost connected, except for the difference is Michelle Pfeiffer in Scarface is not a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. she actually has her shit a little bit more together, where Sharon Stone in Casino is just a total monster. I yeah, love her death yeah, scenes. Yeah. Random nerd talk, favorite kill scene in a movie? Um, I've got a very basic bitch one, though. What is it? Tell me. Uh, No Country? Oh, wait, wait, just he was dead and you didn't see what No, happened. no, no. Uh, uh, look here, please. Oh, oh, to the eye? Was it? Yeah, to the cop. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. look here, please. I seen that in the theater. I forgot. I, I liked it a lot, but I, I haven't seen it since. I seen it one time in the theater. Yeah, you, yeah. you know what else? It's same Coen Brothers movie again. I hate to do this. I hate to have no, it no, be the fine, same shit fine. twice. Uh, Fucking blood simple. Yeah, that's when she shoots movie. him through the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and he, she goes, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. And he just goes like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and then he dies. It's the best. I wrote mine was Charles Bronson, Death Wish 2, when he shoots the guy through the boombox. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> or, 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 or the other one was like, do you believe in Jesus? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he shows him his crucifix. He's like, you're about to meet him. <laughs> that was Death Wish 2. And, Death Wish, those movies are fucked up. And I, I just had a whole list of them. Fucking Deadly Friend. I don't love the... Well, I love the movie because it's silly and it's not good, but Deadly Friend, she throws a basketball through uh, Ann Ramsey's head and a fucking head explodes. That was like a Wes Craven movie that felt like an after school spin. Did you ever see it? Deadly Friend? Watch Deadly Friend to just, it's like, it was the movie he made after Nightmare on Elm Street. So as like a little 11 year old kid, you're like, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be the greatest. And it was like an after school special with like robots and like then it turned into a killer and it was like, he put the brain into 
his girlfriend, the robot this is like, brain. It's like and, when Wes Craven made Nightbreed. Yeah, no, no, that was Clive. Clive, Clive, uh, Clive Barker. Oh, Nightbreed's a movie that I want to like so badly, and I yeah. watch it every couple, and I never like it. No, it's bad. And I want to like seen, it. Have you seen the director's cut? So the director's cut, I'm like, now I like it. Now I, I like still it. didn't no, like it. It's a movie you want to watch. It's just a whatever movie. The one thing that, that I see some of the critiques that you get is when they try to bring up nepotism. Of course. Oh, because he's a, his father's famous. And I'm saying, yo, yo you're, get, you're selling more script. Your father's not even in, in working mode right now he's kind of no. doing his thing so it's not like they're like John Landis is the hot name right now in 2017 let's give his son a ton of money to do stuff so I don't think that's fair so that's that's it's it's not fair but I understand it yeah. and and you know it's most people someone living in fucking Waukegan right now yeah, yeah. is not growing up in Beverly Hills seeing how it's done understanding the industry at this level have people kind of know who you are from yeah. a young age now granted from my whole teens and like the first half of my 20s, I, did, I wasn't in L.A. I was in fucking Connecticut and Fort Lauderdale and Miami yeah. and living in like a studio and like having normal jobs and just trying to get my hustle together. But like it's it's interesting because I don't know. I'm always I've always been grateful for that, for the fact that I went away, because when I came back, I was so hungry and I loved writing so much and I wanted it so bad and I had totally unrealistic expectations and I still do. Yeah. And they fuel me. Everything I do is for the next thing. I'm doing two TV shows right now. I'm trying to sell a third one this week. Yeah. I'm trying to sell another movie this week. I'm trying to sell another movie next week. I wrote two movies over the break. Exactly. And these days I try to build them so that they can sell and get made. I'm not just yeah. writing for fun anymore. Of course. And it's just a hunger, man. You know, like, I'm sure... It's, it's the same thing. I, I got a rap artist named Afro. I told you about him when I met you. He, he was, I found him when he was 16. And then I put him on tours. I, I, I you know, I, I got him exposure. I put him with all the great producers in hip-hop history. And every, oh, people only fuck with him because R.A. put him on. P, R. A., and, and I'm not on a Hollywood level like, you know, the John Landis and Spielbergs and all that shit. But I'm saying, like, in the rap world, I, you know, I, I'm who I am. Oh, he, you know, just because, you know, there's a million rappers. Why, well, you know, that's why he's making it because R.A. put him on. R.A. put him on. But it's like, no, all these great producers are working with him. Yeah, I opened the door for the kid, but DJ Premier wants to work with him because he like. I know a million rappers too, you know, right. but but they want to work with him. You and, always and, shout and, him and, out. You and, love and, that guy. Well, You he, believe in him. Yeah, but then what happens is... Movies are calling him to do the scores. Jimmy Fallon, you know, he's on the Tonight and shit that I'm not even getting. So I'm like, if it's all because of me, how the fuck is the kid on Jimmy Fallon, VH1, television, all of the shit? So yeah, I opened the door, but that boy had to have the the hunger and the talent to be somebody. So there's two sides of it, you know. So that that's I don't like when they take full credit away from somebody like you who's a workaholic who studies your craft and studies the films. And same thing with him. He studied DJ Premier, Big Daddy, all these greats. So when I opened the door for him, motherfuckers were like, wow, we like what he's got to offer. So there's two sides of it. You know, that, that's all. So, Can I so, tell you the biggest thing it did? Yeah. The biggest thing both of my parents, uh, both of my parents being in the film industry did, because my mom's costume designer, doctor of costume design, film historian, fucking... They're a beautiful genius. couple. I, I seen that on Facebook when they we are, posted some of them. I was like, wow, adorable. that's a great couple. Yeah, yeah. They make me believe in monogamous love. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I, the, the biggest thing my parents being in the film industry really did for me, other than you know growing up and seeing it, was it made it real. It felt like this is something I could really do. And that's why when someone comes... I got so much fucking, not even respect, but like awe 
for when someone comes from totally outside the film industry and builds it totally themselves. Because like, yeah, I got hustle for days. I got more hustle than almost any anyone I know in the in terms of how much I write. And that's not saying it's all good, but I do write a lot. And the, you know, there's this there's this thing where when I see people who come from like Minnesota, who come from like nowhere, Texas, to come to LA and like put it together or make a movie alone out there, that to me, that's the advantage I had was that it was real. Yeah, like you, you people really did it. It was people real. really yeah. did it. The fact that someone out there has the hustle and the drive and the genius to like put together a movie on their own. Yeah, that's at a level that I don't even understand. Yeah. Where I'm like. I feel that because it's it's so many things in the hip hop world. When you go to a town and there's the local rappers, right? They don't believe that us rappers are you know they think we're superheroes and that we're untouchable. I'm like, what fucking human beings, man? You could do what we do. Leave yeah. your fucking city and try it. You know, get the fuck out your city. Maybe you'll fail, but like they believe this their little world. You know, their little city is the own, the whole planet, and and we're untouchable. You know, the entertainment I wonder, world is real. What's it like to be a local rapper? It's tough, man. They all compete with each other. And I tell them, I'm like, being better than your, the guy in your neighborhood is going to do shit for you. You leave your neighborhood and blow up outside your hood, the whole neighborhood's going to be on your dick. Not try to be, uh, you know, oh, I'm better than you, I'm better than you. So don't try to be the best in your neighborhood. Yeah, try to be the best in the, in the, in the world. state, in the try world. Try to be the best in the world, not your neighborhood. Your neighborhood isn't shit and it'll follow when other motherfuckers are on your dick. Because, you know, if you're in your neighborhood, you, you might have had sex with the same girls or this and that. And everybody, <laughs> it's not, they don't care how good you are rapping. If, you know, it's be the best in the world. Put your skill up there. That's actually really, a, you know. that's an interesting way of looking at it is yeah. don't even try to impress everyone. Locals, the locals because try to impress the whole world. Yeah, because then you spend five years trying, and then, and then those locals are old and forgot about you and you don't have no career. You know, it's the same, it's weirdly, when you put it that way, I think it's the same way in almost every arts scene is that you get told, impress the cool people. Yeah. Impress those cool people you know. Do the yeah. thing that will impress them. When in truth, you need to totally forget about all about them. all the local all cool people, all of them, because they aren't what's going to make you matter. Yep. And and if you don't if you don't already care about your shit enough to say fuck anyone cool who doesn't like it, yeah. I mean, like, or not even fuck them, but you don't even need to say fuck them. You don't even need to be angry. You can just disregard someone who doesn't who doesn't appreciate your hustle. What happened to your screen here? My, somebody dropped it and didn't tell me because one day I woke up and the shit was like that. It looks like blood. Since we're running out of time, let me do one more subject. Is that cool? And, and we'll let everybody go? Cool? Sure. What's the worst remake of all time? That's so hard. I, I, I put The Fog, Psycho, Straw Dogs, Robocop, and I didn't like The Evil Dead. You know, <laughs> can I say something? What? None of those movies are bad, in my opinion. Really? The Fog is a piece of shit, but it was like the terrible. original piece of shit. And the, the original was, Fog is not great. You know what sucked RoboCop remake? It was well made, but it was like they took everything that worked about the original. Everything idiosyncratic. Everything that was cool. and Because when I saw the commercial for the original as a kid, I'm like, this is a stupid kids movie. But then when you see it, it's an adult comedy and and it's everything about it works. Well, that's like. So that's then like, they turned it into a stupid robot cop movie. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck about robot cops. And well, Straw that, Dogs, yeah. the thing great about that, you was in a far, foreign land in the UK with these yeah. thick, heavy accents, and they go, we'll put it in a hillbilly. We saw Deliverance. We saw a fucking wrong yeah. turn. Why, why'd you turn into that shit? The good thing it was in England. So I, I'm just angry at those movies. Sorry about that. Girl. No, no. I just, <laughs> I, my issue with my, my defense of those movies, none of those movies are great, but none of them 
pissed me off the way they pissed you off. Yeah, they pissed me I off. I think, I'm trying to think, <laughs> I think the remake that like pissed me off the most, what the fuck is that movie called? I forgot, that it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie based on a Philip K. Dick short story uh, called We Can Remember It For You Wholesale and they remade it with Colin Farrell. Oh, Total Recall. Right? Total Recall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even you wanna, watch that you, one. Yeah. You want to know why I hate it? Why? Because I don't even remember what the fuck it's called. <laughs> like, I like, it was a movie they remade for no reason. They took, it's the weird thing where they take all of the interesting elements out of Out of remakes. it? Why do they do that? Right. Well, it's interesting because I'm writing, I'm in the process of writing and we'll see if it ever gets made. But I'm writing, you know, the, my, my dad is urging me not to do it, but he gave me his blessing because uh, he's like, you'll be compared to me forever. And it's like, yeah, I know. I already am. But uh, I'm doing American Werewolf. And, and you're writing it? I'm writing it. And we'll see if they decide to make it. It's a studio picture. You know, it's a remake. I just thought if anyone's going to if anyone's gonna get into this and, and do it, I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather be behind the camera on an American Werewolf remake than seeing a trailer for an American Werewolf remake. Would you, just emotionally. Would you do practical or CGI? You need both. Okay, cool. Because uh, the thing that I, the French one, the American in Paris, the CGI bizarre, fucking bizarre. destroyed everything. Yeah. You know? Well, no, a lot of things were not right. Yeah. With yeah. Well, the, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's you would need the thing I would do with CGI. Were I directing this film, would be a uh, leg movement, and I would have the entire wolf's face and back and body be practical, a la uh, Attack the Block. But then I would uh, CG uh, put wheels in under like a wheel rig, and then take the wheels out. Take the wheels out, yeah. and then CG fully CGI, not puppet legs, because then you could do these really organic movements, which I think is really important. But of course, if you if you remake American Werewolf and the transformation scene isn't practical, uh, you have fucked up. Yeah. Like you have, but like the truth of American Werewolf is that that movie. There are so many elements of that movie that most remakes would toss out. The the surprising depth of the male friendship. Uh, how simple the second half of the movie is. You meet a girl in London and then things are getting worse and worse. And your dead friend's telling you to kill yourself. And it's getting worse and worse. And your dead friend's telling you to kill yourself. And it's getting worse and worse. And now you're dead. I mean, like, <laughs> there's something to that structure. Yeah, yeah. And I know that if they remade it, like, like, let's get into the mythology of the werewolf. Yeah. What? So who, tell, let's learn more about the original werewolf. It's a prequel where we learn about how in a small town in England, the werewolf. And it's like, you don't need that shit. <laughs> just make a really good comedy where everyone dies at the end. <laughs> like, like, just make it a scary, fucked up. I don't know. We'll see if I can do it. We'll see if I pull it off. We'll see if they even make it. But I, my goal is I feel like all of the best remakes focus on one thing in the original movie take a lot of the images of the original movie and then remix that really tightly. With American Werewolf, I am doing that, but I'm also just going to try to do American Werewolf yeah. as best I can. But we'll see. You know, I can make no promises. Yeah. I'm going to lose all credibility on this, but you know what uh, remake I enjoy? The uh, Marlon Brando, Val Kilmer, Island of Dr. Moreau, the Frankenheimer okay, movie. Bye. <laughs> That's the end of the show. That's done. Done. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's done. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Are you for real? I love it. What? <laughs> I love it. I don't That's think it's a good film, but I think insane. I think Brando's a fucking psychopath lunatic, and he's got the little rat. He's man. got the little version yeah, of himself. Yeah. But Ratman was a, a fucking. He was in a movie called Ratman. That guy. He played Ratman. They put him in a real toilet. He you jumped actually out of the toilet. like that movie? <laughs> well, I enjoy watching it. Oh yeah. come on, man! I don't think it's a good film. It's one of the films I don't think is a good film, but I enjoy watching. I enjoyed the Bye Bye Man. Did you Did you see the making of Doctor Moreau? I've heard um, incredible. It's incredible. I've heard it's, it's the incredible. funniest thing yeah, it's in the so world. Funny. Wait, he, are we done? Yeah, yeah, we're done. Okay. <laughs> that was great. That's the perfect ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.